Welcome to Community Cocktails with Kimberly, hosted by Kimberly Woodard, a realtor for nearly 20 years with Ebby Halliday Realtors. Join her every first and third Wednesday of the month as she meets with the top community influencers to help you get to know the area you want to call home. Don't just love your home, love your community. And now, your host, Kimberly Woodard. Welcome viewers to this episode of Community Cocktails with Kimberly. I am so excited to share information with you on this segment and I think you're gonna find it very informational. Um, we hear so much in the news today and in the papers and whatever you know you read on the internet about the housing market and the sales and how our, you know, actually nationwide, it's just going bonkers. Um, but we haven't really touched about what the rental market is and how is that market and is there any difference? So today I have a special guest, Myard here. He's the Director of Property Management with Ebby Holiday Realtors. Welcome. Thank I'm you. I'm so excited to have you and let's talk the residential rental market. So, yes. so how is it comparing um, to the residential sales market? Um, so speaking generally, yeah. there are a lot of things that are mirroring the sales market. So low inventory mm -hmm. is a big problem. Um, and a lot of demand where we have a lot of people moving from out of state who are first looking to rent before they are making a home purchase. Right. Um, and, and so the people that are already in leases are kind of staying put, waiting to see what happens in terms of COVID restrictions and just general fear about the job market and their, their uncertainty about what their job positioning is. So the people that are in leases are not moving and we have an influx of people coming from out of state right. here for new jobs. And so that's created a similar situation to the, the sales market where prices are starting to drive up and the inventory is remaining low. So there's a lot of demand, a lot of interest on every single property that we list for lease. So if you are a you know, possible renter, you know, you're looking, you're coming here to and you say, hey, I'm going to rent or we'll see what happens. What's your maybe your advice and some tips for those renters on how to navigate this competitive market? So there, there's really there's four categories that most landlords are looking at whenever they're evaluating a potential tenant. So they're looking at their credit score, mm -hmm. uh, they're looking at their criminal history or criminal background, right. and then they're wanting to verify employment and rental history. So first things first, make sure that the, all four of those categories are clean, um, that you have good credit, that you're paying all your bills on time. And most landlords are not necessarily looking for a specific score, but they're just looking to see that you pay all your bills on time. Right. Um, and then a clean criminal history with no, no felonies especially is what most landlords are looking at. And then income, you want to be sure that you're making typically three times the rent amount. And that kind of ensures a landlord that you, you're able to cover the rent as well as your other living expenses. And then clean rental history, no issues with previous landlords, um, always paid on time, no damage to the property, no complaints from the neighbors, no uh, broken leases, evictions, stuff like that is what they're looking for. Um, but whenever you have all applications that look great, right. Um, the, the few ways that you can make your application stand out are one to offer more rent. So if the even if it's just a little bit, if the rent is two thousand dollars, if you offer two thousand fifty, that's additional money in the landlord's pocket. They're going to consider you a little bit more than anybody else. Uh, a longer lease term. So if they're offering a twelve month lease and you might ask for an eighteen month or two year lease, that's another way to stand out because that's going to decrease the vacancy time for a landlord. 
uh, additional security deposit. Most leases are asking for one month's rent as a security deposit, but if you're willing to put up a double security deposit or even more, that's another thing that the landlords will consider. And then um, asking for less work. So similar to the sales, yeah. you know, not asking for any contingencies or any anything to be done at the property, accepting the property as is. And again, that saves the landlord money. So these are all four ways that it puts more money in the landlord's pocket, essentially. And that's going to make the application look a little bit stronger. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I know from my experience, I've had a landlord and first day, 10 applications. And it's just, you know, it's crazy. And it is. It's tough. Like, what do you do? L um, and I've seen this, you know, pets. I mean, I, I've had a struggle with, you know, some of my clients with, you know, pets. Are you seeing some more landlords um, kind of cutting back on, you know, with pet, more pet restrictions than before in this market? In this market, because they can be a little bit more picky, yeah. yes. So typically, if, if all things are equal and one person has two golden retrievers and one person doesn't, right. then they're going to be looking towards the, the person without pets in most situations. It, but it varies from landlord to landlord because some landlords are pet lovers and they're accepting of everybody with pets and they, they don't really consider that a hindrance to the application. Right. Um, but we have other landlords that have always just said no pets. Right. Um, it, it, we see about 55 to 60% of all applications coming with a pet of some kind. Yeah. So we try to make sure the landlords are open to, to accepting pets. And then, of course, we're seeing a lot of applications with uh, support animals. And that's yep. kind of a whole separate that's thing whole... <laughs> to, to, to navigate through. Yes. Um, and, and in terms of like fair housing and, and right. making reasonable accommodation for people with an emotional support animal or service animal, right. that's another thing that we help landlords kind of navigate through. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that could be a whole topic. Right. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, so, you know, we have our renters that are you know, out there trying to navigate and trying to, you know, find a property, um, and tips on them. What about the landlords? You know, you know, what are you telling your landlords that are, you know, looking to rent in this marketplace and how are you coaching them during this process? I mean, a lot of it is the same in any market. You make sure that your property is presentable and right. in good condition. Um, a, a potential tenant that's walking through the property and sees a lot of deferred maintenance or, you know, paint that hasn't been taken care of, stains on the carpet, and then advertising the property as is, is a big red flag to, right. to a potential tenant. They think if they're not doing this work, what else are they not going to do when I'm a tenant? Are they going to delay on fixing the AC in the middle of July? Right. Stuff like that. So making sure the property is, is clean and in a, what we call a rent-ready condition is probably the most important. And then just making sure that it's priced correctly um, for the market. Some landlords will get greedy and just want to try and get the, the top dollar, the most they, that they can get. But often those properties will sit on the market for weeks, sometimes even months. And they just are so concerned with that, what the rent amount is. And then as the months go by, they're losing rent. Right. So they're netting a lot less. So it's not often what you get, it's what you net. Right. And that's what we tell landlords a lot is that it's better to get a qualified tenant in there sooner, even if it's for $100 less, rather than waiting two months and trying to get that extra $100, you end up losing right. in the long run. Right. Because you're paying for the upkeep of the property and you know all that. You know, whereas you're not generating that um, income that 
hopefully you do when you have right. a renter and utilities there. if they have a mortgage then right. they have to continue making that payment without any rent income coming right. in yeah landscaping all of that yes yep and that can sometimes be a little ouch <laughs> <laughs> right so, well you know, also in this marketplace you know Yes, the sales, you know, it's a tough market for purchasers, but we still have people going out and buying investment properties because, you know, it, we're seeing the shortage on the investment. So what do you give tips for that maybe buyer out there that is looking to be a landlord um, of what he should be looking at for his properties and, you know, any things that maybe you see that rent better than others or, you know, just you know what he should be looking for for a property and um, that would be good in this marketplace there's no real exact formula that's going to yeah. create the perfect rental property we have ten thousand dollar a month rentals where tenants get evicted for <laughs> and then we have thousand dollar a month rentals where they stay in there for 10 years right. they're perfect tenants right um, but in general I, I think that looking at the school district is often important so at least an above average school district is always going to have a demand for people to move there um, and and stay long term because if they're concerned about the schools they want that um, con like continuance for their children that are in that program um, and so they're not typically looking to move every year whereas a condo in uptown might be somebody that's more interested in moving right. every year or every so often um, than then you have a vacancy year after year, and that is a, the biggest expense that a landlord's ever gonna have is the turnover between tenants. So school, looking at schools, um, evaluating the neighborhood, seeing if there's an HOA, mm -hmm. if the HOA has any restrictions on, on leasing, um, that's always important to look at. Just to give you an example, somebody just purchased an investment property and the HOA actually doesn't allow leasing in the first year after construction. And so now he has to sit on that property for 12 months and without being able to, to lease it out. And he lives out of state. Um, so just doing your yeah. due diligence, yeah. getting all that information up front about what the restrictions are for that particular house uh, is really important whenever you're evaluating where to, to buy a property. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that's an ouch. I mean, <laughs> he's got He's got to make up a lot. <laughs> right. And luckily, the sales market is doing yeah. great. So he'll continue to, to gain, get some appreciation yeah. there. So if he really if he really decides he doesn't want to be a landlord after a year, he probably could sell it and make a, some profit. Right. Right. <laughs> well, let's talk about the services that Ebby Holiday and um, Property Management offers. Um, you know, those that are looking for, you know, a landlord that is looking to you know put their property on the market yeah so um, within our company okay. we offer full service leasing and property management um, so we basically can help a landlord from start to finish from everything from the initial marketing showings of the property um, and then once we have somebody that's interested we have the applications everything is done online through our website so we handle all of the app screening, running the credit and criminal background checks, verifying their employment and rental history, and then uh, the lease signing, the inspections of the property. And then once a tenant's in there, it's the monthly rent collection, overseeing repairs and maintenance. So we assist landlords through that whole process to the end of the lease, and then either negotiate a lease renewal, or if the tenant decides to move, then we assist with the move out process, the uh, move out inspection, itemization of the tenant security deposit, and then start that whole cycle over again. So really full service. Um, one of the big things that I've noticed that stands out with Ebby Holiday property management versus other companies is that you're always gonna get a licensed realtor as your property management. 
agent, and then you'll also just have one single point of contact through that whole cycle. Um, you know, there are a lot of institutional investment property management companies right. that are coming into the market now managing tens of thousands of properties across the country. Right. And that's appealing to some people, but to just one individual, if I own one property in Plano, I kind of get lost in the shuffle of that company, right? And so I might be talking to somebody for maintenance and somebody else for rent collection and somebody else for leasing. Right. And so you never really know who to contact. So with that be, you get a single point of contact. They're always going to be licensed, knowing that they are maintaining a continuing amount of education. And so I think that's a real benefit whenever you have somebody, that, especially in the property management world, where things are constantly evolving, laws are constantly being updated. Right. And so I think that's a really important distinction between us and another management company. No, I, I think that is because it does make a huge difference. And you know, you're, that person is here. They're like looking at your property versus some of these big companies where you know, they are managing you know, thousands of properties and you know, not they can't always be at every property and you know, right. so you're kind of just a number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we never want our clients to feel that way. We want each one of our clients to feel like they're our only client. Right. So they, you know, almost always have the cell phone number of their property manager and they're not a W2 employee that just checks out at five right. o'clock and doesn't answer their phone on nights or weekends. You know, they're always available to our clients to help out. Uh, and it's so important because for a landlord, this is their, they bought this property for a financial investment and knowing that someone else is looking um, out for their best interest on their financial investment makes a huge, huge impact right. um, to them. And because again, we were talking about the numbers and you know, looking at that, well, also, you know, having someone that's checking on the property, you know, making sure that, you know, someone doesn't just move out of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've all had that happen. It does. It does. Um, you get the call for the neighbor that's like, oh, "Well, I saw um, something um, weird going on at midnight." Yeah, yeah. we get a lot of calls from neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're often our eyes and ears. They are. They are. <laughs> but you know, it's a good thing. I mean, you know, it's a it's a positive because you know it does help. It you know because obviously we're not living um right there and so it makes that impact that you know we can know where you know the grass has been really um, high <laughs> right and a lot of our owners are out of state right or out of the country even um and so they don't have eyes and ears on on the ground they can't drive by right uh just to check on their property so it's really important that they have somebody that they can trust locally oh definitely definitely again you know back to it's their financial investment. That's why they're buying these properties um, for that reason. And they want to make sure that those properties are being taken care of um, and are continue to appreciate in this marketplace um, versus getting run down and maybe depreciating. <laughs> I know things can depreciate in a good market. <laughs> right. You just won't get what the other one <laughs> your neighbor gets. <laughs> so, um, but you know, it's just been, I would say, this rental, you know, this whole marketplace has just been an unbelievable um, time. And, you know, I'm seeing so many people as well, you know, submitting, just like they're submitting offers, you know, maybe, you know, five offers on properties, they're submitting five or six applications. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, with the applications come sometimes application fees and things like that for those um, prospective, you know, 
tenants. And so it can cost them a little bit in order to. Yeah. But one of the one of the suggestions I always make is that if you are out there looking for a property, is that you work with an agent on the tenant side, um, because they can communicate with the listing agent, sometimes the owner directly, right. and ask questions about what they're looking for specifically that might not be in the listing, and you get a feel for okay, my tenant or my applicant will qualify for this property based on the information they've given, mm -hmm. or we should look elsewhere and not waste fifty to one hundred dollars for their application right. fee and have to do that five or six times down the road just to get approved. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important to, to work with an agent and, and have them kind of speak on your behalf um, and, and get a feel for what the landlord's looking for before you submit your application and pay that fee. Yep, no, I agree. And I think too, as a, for those tenants, um, what really um, also impacts just like, you know, people, I know we talked, back and forth on letters and you know how people put that but for landlords it does make a little bit of a difference um it's a different perspective because someone's living in their property they're you know they're looking at this person as this is my financial investment you know i want to know they want to know more than just on the application and they want to, to know a little bit about that person so it's kind of like you know a cover letter for your resume is what I you know sometimes tell people as your application is that they want to know that someone is going to take care of their property that you know they're going to treat it like their own and um, whether because some of the you know landlords it was their personal property and they they've kept it because they have you know heart with it it's not just financial it's you know maybe a little bit of emotional as well right and um, and so I think. Yeah, and I know we've, you know, there's been different things about, you know, letters, but it does, I think it does give us just a forefront of who this person is, um, you know, and, you know, what they're doing, because they see so much on the application, but they want to know, you know, who is this person, or if you have the animals, you know, what kind of animals are they? Are they, you know, are they, you know, friendly or pictures of the animals, I think helps as well, um, especially if you've got animals that are larger than you know what most landlords yeah, of course. um and you know things to that nature just anything to identify a little bit more than just what that you know fill in the blanks right and that's one of the great things that we do um is that we also screen the pets Oh. So we use a service called PetScreening.com, oh. and so in addition to getting the the applicants' information, yeah. we also get the pets' information, Very vaccination records, vet information, microchip information, breed info, pictures of the pet. So whenever we're presenting an application to a, a landlord, they have a very complete idea of who's going to be living in the property. And I think what we try to do is paint a picture of, yeah. of who's going to be in the property and how they're going to be taking care of the property without giving them information that could potentially violate fair housing right. or something like right. that. So yeah. that's always a big thing that we try to protect our owners from. Yeah. Um, opening themselves up to a fair housing violation can be very costly. Yes. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. so, <laughs> and so we try to present only the information that, that they need to make a decision, but at the same time, putting it together to create kind of a picture. No, I love that. Um, I love pet. That's just, that's, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it gives them a FIDO score, actually. So wow. it's the, like their FICO score, but for the doggies. <laughs> okay, so I have to, um, so a little bird told me about this. This is so off um, the rental market, 
but I heard that you have this um, fascination about donuts <laughs> and you're on this quest for like the perfect donut and the best donut places. So I know I want to know and I know my kids want to know and my viewers want to know. <laughs> Tell us more about this. Okay. I mean, I've always had a sweet tooth. Okay. So well. this goes back. 40 years almost. Um, but I think once I moved to Dallas, I just really started to kind of cultivate that sweet tooth is more into donuts. Um, it's a sweet that you can eat in the morning and it's perfectly acceptable. And I think that's what I love about it. <laughs> but there's a really great donut scene in Dallas. Um, so if you want like the top choices, we I, do. I got that. <laughs> so I would say my favorite donut place right now is uh, Detour Donuts, which is in Frisco. Okay. And they just make these really innovative flavors. It's crafted really well. It's family owned. Like they're really sweet, the donuts and the owners. Oh. And um, and that's probably my favorite. Okay. Um, there's some really good ones down in Dallas. Uh, uh, the Salty Donut is down in the Bishop Arts area. Okay. Really great donuts. They make them on a brioche bun. Fantastic. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, and I love brioche. And probably the like my original favorite donut place is Hypnotic Donuts, which is in by White Rock Lake in okay. Dallas. Um, just again, really great flavors, really cool vibe inside there. It's kind of a small place, but they got a cool kind of hippie vibe in there, so it's really fun to be inside. Oh, very fun! So we've got three locations <laughs> right now, viewers, to go check we out. We could go on and on about this <laughs> if we wanted to, but <laughs> well, I know. I mean, my boys are big um, on their donuts. I mean, every weekend, you know, they have to have donuts it's saturday sunday it kind of depends on what their tennis schedule is um and if they can't then they um usually have it on monday <laughs> if it's too much for them and um, but we will have to check those out as well as my viewers well i've had so much fun today yeah and this has I been think, great um we've all learned so much about um what's going on in the rental market and tips for um you know potential tenants as well as landlords out there and so thank you so much and cheers. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to contact Kimberly with your real estate needs, you can reach her at KimberlyWoodard.ebby.com. We hope you enjoyed our guest this week. And remember, don't just love your home, love your community.